Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. Welcome back to season three. I just launched that a couple of weeks ago and I feel great about it. I am super stoked to continue this conversation and um, these important topics and bring these stories on to the show because um, there's not only a lot of sex workers that listen to the podcast, but there's also a lot of civilian vanilla muggle people that also listen to the show as well that use this as a resource for education around the topic of decriminalization of sex work. So thank you, thank you for listening and getting this far in... um, the world of my podcast. I am Steph Sia, aka Kimchi. I am a digital content creator as well as a now again former stripper since the clubs are closed again because we're on third lockdown here in Vancouver, Canada, which is annoying, but say lovey. And I am also a former sugar baby. I also work in a corporate job as well. I have a YouTube channel. I have all these things on the internet and I just need a lot of outlets because I have a lot of things to say. So, but enough about me because there's another person that I've brought onto the show today who has a lot of things to say and she goes by the name of Evie Brooks and she is an escort here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I think it's really cool and serendipitous um, how Evie and I met. So, We have a mutual friend in common. We were in my old neighborhood, walking along around the park, and then we ran into Evie, and (laughs) I noticed Evie's bag that said something about sex work is real work, or sex workers work, and I was like, hey, I like your bag. Like, where did you get it? And I think she said something about, I got it in Germany or Berlin or something, and and then I was like, that's really cool because I'm a sex worker and I have a podcast and blah, blah, blah. And you, and then she was like, I actually heard about the podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> so that's kind of how we met. And it was really cool. And then I'm like, I need to get you on to my show. So we started chatting. And now she is here today to share her story about um, escorting, about fetish work, about body, body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And body image and thin privilege and all the things so i think i've rambled on enough this is actually the longest intro ever but evie brooks are you there i'm here (laughs) she is here the queen has arrived (laughs) welcome subjects (laughs) it's so nice to have you on the show and i'm really glad that we were able to connect on such a random cool way and yeah now you're here yeah, it's cool. I actually heard about you, like, when I started um, doing sex work, and I talked to our uh, mutual friend, and I told her that I was that I was venturing inwards, and she was like, ooh, you have to meet my friend, and so I've known of you for a while, but I just put the pieces together. Hey, hey, hey. Well, you know what? Better late than never, and you're finally here, and we finally got to connect, and thank you for your patience, because we, I, I had meant to record with you, like, over a month ago, but then I'm moving, and all this stuff happened, and April's been crazy, so. You're forgiven. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's April during the time of recording. This will be released in May, so, <laughs> yeah, but yes. did I do an okay intro for you, or how was that? 
Yeah, I loved it. I was like just sitting there, like waiting. <laughs> I was like, do I interrupt? No. Um, it was so sweet. I loved it. Yay. Thank did you. I get everything? You did me justice. Thank you. Thank you. So, like, <laughs> honestly, like I never know much about people. I just stalk them online for a bit. And I'm just like, this is what I think I know of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so You have a tough job. It's It's been interesting. Sometimes I just like to read off people's Twitter bios or, <laughs> or yes. Instagram bios and cheat that way. But why don't you give the audience your own introduction about who you are and what you do and go. Okay. Uh, well, yes, I'm Evie Brooks. I am a <laughs> full-service sex worker. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> I, what else? I have uh, two cats. Ooh. Um, I'm in my 30s. Yay. I am fat. What else? I sing. I act. I taught myself how to paint watercolors over the pandemic and I have a real knack for it cool um yeah I do lots of stuff and lots of I'm a I'm a big weirdo (laughs) oh my gosh you do a lot okay cool yeah oh my gosh yay well we can't I can't wait to get into all of it today I mean we're going to be mostly talking about sex work and what you do yeah but yeah, I mean, like this isn't a watercolor podcast. No, I mean maybe it should. Oh, <laughs> oh my bad, you didn't oh. get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I'm on the wrong show. <laughs> but yeah, why don't we talk about how you got started in in sex work? Because I think you you've been at it for the past like five or so years now. Yeah, um, well, I've been actually at it for a little bit less than that. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, maybe closer to three years. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I started, I've always wanted to do it. Like, I've had, you know, that kind of sort of curiosity and I guess you'd say maybe fetish for wanting to be paid for my body. Yes. And um, <laughs> I always, I always thought that was a real turn on. And, and I guess, like, as I kind of moved into being in my 20s, I was like, you know, I just kind of always saw that for myself at some point or had a real curiosity about it. Mm-hmm. And I was serving. I was a waitress for, like, 15 years. And, you know, it got to a point where... I was so enraged every day <laughs> that I would go to work about like the customer service element, but also more the manager power relationship. Yes. Um, because <laughs> in especially, I mean, I think this is like everywhere, but in all industries, managers are often un, un, less skilled than their employees. Yes. Um, <laughs> and 100%. much more arrogant. <laughs> yes. I but agree. Uh, no offense if uh, those good people out there, not all managers, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a, I had a, a couple of tough relationships with managers and you may get this from me, but I'm not a very meek person. So <laughs> I was, I didn't, I didn't, uh, managers often didn't like me and, you know, I just started to get so angry about the, uh, experience of being controlled and mm. exploited. And I felt like, especially in the service industry, it was like this thing of, you know, the, uh, I don't know, just, you, you know how the service industry is. It's crap. 
Oh, yes. So, Longtime yeah. veteran here yeah. as well. So, yes, I understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also felt uh, it was destroying my body. I mm-hmm. was in, like, I have chronic pain, and it was really bad. Anyway, so it was just a bad situation, and I, I knew that I needed to get out of it. And the way that I saw my ability to get out was through sex work and Mm. had tried a couple of times in the past, like kind of like started to dip my toe in and then like got, maybe I just wasn't like emotionally ready for it, you know? And, um, and this time it just seemed to feel right. So I made the decision. I gave my notice in uh, December of 2017. And then I started working my ass off googling <laughs> and <laughs> and uh like just like reading reddit mostly a yeah. lot of reddit yeah and there yeah I learned a lot on reddit and um just trying to think about what ways I wanted to approach this and um I actually started by thinking I would try canning which I think a lot of people start thinking yeah. about that way totally because it's definitely you know billed as this like work from home and do nothing and you just have to be sexy and you'll make a ton of money. And then I quickly realized yes. that actually it's a scam. And <laughs> if, you, if you work on cam, you it's the worst. It's the worst. So no offense yeah. again to no, people oh my gosh. who love to cam. But I have like, comments. <laughs> I have ugh. comments on that too. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I agree with you too. I, I briefly did some camming last year during the pandemic. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, the, the conversion rate here. Yeah, you work awful. real hard for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, which I noticed quickly as soon as I started reading people's, like, you know, experiences. And yep. But it seems like the golden age of cam is over. Um, <laughs> so, so actually what I started noticing was that a lot of people who were talking about being cam girls were like, if you're interested in getting into cam, you should actually try Night Flirt. And, okay. Yes. And so then I started looking into Night Flirt, and I was, which is phone sex for people who don't know, and it's been around for a long time, and you know it has really kind of like loyal customers and mm-hmm. clients, and um, so I thought maybe I'll get into some phone sex. And then when I was trying to decide what type of phone sex operator I wanted to be, mm-hmm. I started thinking that I wanted to do some Dom stuff because I was like getting really interested in the, all the fetishes that people you know, have, and they're so, so, so very interesting. Yes. And I was like, I, and also like, you know, I'm, I'm queer and I have actually not like until I started doing sex work, I have had not been in a sexual experience with a cis man for 10 years. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so it was a really, like, I was like, how do you talk to men? Like, what do <laughs> men do? how do their, how do their genitals work? Like, yeah. have, I mean, you know, I, I have been with cis men for sure, like a lot and in my youth, but it was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to talk to men again. And <laughs> so I was just thinking like, I was actually feeling like, I don't even know how, I just don't, I don't understand any of this. So mm. I started thinking about like if I was going to you know I I felt like it was going to be hard for me to approach fetish land in phone sex if I didn't have any real world experience right Um, fair enough and so then I thought maybe I would explore um doming and like being a pro dom 
And so then I started researching that. Mm-hmm. And then what I realized is actually, like, why does anybody do anything but in-person work? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the money is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so I was, like, I started kind of, like, thinking about how escorting and pro-domination would be the kind of most bang for my buck, basically, that I'd be able to make the most amount of money and have the sort of greatest impact and use my skills to their, like, fullest potential if I was in person with people and and also, like, be able to have not spend as much time doing the work yes. because I was feeling very, very burnt out and really physically exhausted, so I needed some time to rest. For sure. So, wow. long story long, <laughs> then I started, <laughs> I started, um, yeah, I started, I just, I made a website and I decided that I wanted to start doing sensual domination. I'd like try my hat at doing doming and also doing some escorting. Wow. And, yeah, so that's how I started. Oh my gosh, such an incredible journey. And like, I I love how you you just tried everything a little bit. Mm -hmm. See what vibed with you. You know, camming wasn't your thing. Night flirt, although it works for people, wasn't, didn't really work out for that too. And then going to doming and then going into sensual doming. Can you speak a little bit about the sensual side of domination? Because I feel a lot of people will think dominatrix, okay, latex and like whips and, and like, really aggressive nature (laughs) yeah 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 definitely I think that's like a very common um stereotype Stereotype, for doms Mm -hmm. um it's not my nature to be mean um it's not uh and I'm not I'm not a hard person um though Mm -hmm. I do love the concept of men feeling humiliated I don't feel like it was very natural for me to want to hurt them, Mm -hmm. even if that's what they wanted. Right. I found when I was in, when I was in sessions, I immediately went into a role of kind of being like a mommy dom. Okay. Yeah. That's a whole thing too. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to like, um, I wanted to hold them and Mm. I wanted to like, uh, make them feel like I felt like they were more like childish and I was oh. kind of anyways Ew, brought okay, some attachment well. stuff for me yeah <laughs> so I felt yeah I just um again you asked about central domination so I yes I think that the thing that I like what I learned I mean I'm not a dom and uh so it's definitely you know like I I'm not the perfect person to speak about it but what I learned about it was that it seemed like a lot of people has have that expectation that if you're a dominatrix um, or pro-dom that you never get touched and mm. you know you have this sort of like yeah like standoff of, the quality. only way that yeah like that like a standoffish kind of quality like they won't be able to have any, yeah. yeah that kind of yeah vibe. and yeah and uh, I think there's a lot a ton of ways to, to be a dom and, and mm-hmm. a lot of ways to be a sub and so you know the things that we see are are very um re- reductionist but mm-hmm. I don't know I just mostly wanted to like I think the thing the reason for me of going into sensual domination is that I actually wanted to be having intimacy with my clients because 
being intimate and close is actually my that's my skill set that's my sort of peak Evie Brooks and mm, okay yeah and so I was yeah going under a different name then I was under the name Clara Rose <laughs> and <Ooh>. um <laughs> yeah yeah so it just it just uh, didn't quite fit for me mm-hmm. and I started to actually get very bored as well oh think, yeah like I, I felt like very kind of like I don't know I was like I don't care <laughs> I, I don't care what your stupid fantasies are. I just want to give you a kiss, you know? Give yeah. you a kiss and a squeeze. That's what I want to do. Right. So and, I and rebranded you, and started doing that. Yeah, and you're the self-claimed makeout queen, so <laughs> it seems Makeout fitting. queen, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, that's really I cool. Do love, I do love to make out. <laughs> it's a great activity, for sure. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I mean... You probably have had some, and I was actually going to speak about this later, but we could talk about it now, but um, you have been affected by COVID, as I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of us have been. Within your services, was making out something that you eliminated? Because I know I was speaking with a couple other escorts on the show recently as well, and that's something that they actually took out for for the time being until things started to kind of get better depending on where they were or like if they were vaccinated or whatever but what, yeah. what's your take on that yeah I just actually didn't work because I felt like it was like I have I don't know my understanding of why people come to me is that they want to like stare into each other's eyes and rub each other's faces on each other so it's like, yeah. <laughs> it was like I don't really see like I, you know, I'm, like, into BJs and stuff like that, but it's not, like, my number one skill. Yeah, <laughs> Like, no. I'll just kind of put that out there. Like, I'm fine at it, you know, and it's, like, that's okay, but, like, actually the biggest reason that I get, um, yeah, that I get interested is because of the sort of, like, intimacy and sensuality mm-hmm. if, of my brand, and so I just felt like if I wasn't able to do that, there really wasn't a lot of point um mm-hmm. in yeah. session so I just stopped working uh until until I got vaccinated I was gonna yeah. say you just got vaccinated I saw this on your Twitter congratulations I'm still thank waiting you. for mine <laughs> thank you thank you yes it was uh um yeah a really really exciting moment and so I plan to be back at work in the next month wow oh my gosh yeah crazy Very exciting well, that, that's awesome. I'm really, really glad that you got vaccinated. I am jealous. I am patiently waiting whenever that yeah. day will come because it's slow here in Canada. I know the rest of the yeah. world. There's a lot of American listeners. <laughs> I know a lot oh, of my, interesting. Yeah, tons of American listeners. And I know a lot of them have already gotten vaccinated. So, yeah. yay. But here, it's the rollout's been kind of slow. Yeah. So, we are just waiting for yes. that. But Indeed. Twiddling our thumbs. Twiddling our thumbs. Doing fuck yeah. all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm actually busy. But, yeah, like... I wanted yes. to, to ask you, um, well, obviously, because you mentioned you stopped working completely. Like, that must have been an insanely difficult pill to swallow because oh it's still going on. And I'm assuming you just got vaccinated recently, I think. I yeah. didn't check the date. But how was that for you? Because that is a scary thing to think oh, yeah. about, like, just stopping all major forms of income. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we had CERB, but that's not (laughs) close to anything to what we were making before yeah well I feel like 
okay, it's been a really challenging experience. I mean, I also feel really lucky. It's so weird, you know, the pandemic has affected people so differently. Like, I have friends who are just working, you know, 60, 80-hour weeks, mm-hmm. and and I'm just sort of sitting around staring at my <laughs> empty calendar. Like, I have one, you know, tiny, very small group of people that I can see, and yeah, it's been really lonely and yeah. horrible, and I, um, I don't know, I, not working is such a such a challenging um, place to be because we are so conditioned by capitalism to attach our worth to productivity. And I don't know, like I'm a Libra as well. So (laughs) you have Libra vibe. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just feel like I, you know, balance, not to be, you know, predictable, but mm-hmm. if I don't have balance between my work and resting life, like it's really, um, uncomfortable. And yes. I did, I have been feeling like, you know, and sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is nice. Like I like not working, but you can't really rest when you are feeling, um, financially insecure. Mm-hmm. And also like the, you know, the pandemic is traumatic and, yeah. So, and I went through a really brutal breakup, um, sort of halfway through and that was really painful and yeah, it's been really hard, just really emotionally challenging. And I'm also like a, I'm also an artist and, um, I do live performance and collaborative live performance. And so it's very challenging to not be in studio with people moving around and touching bodies and making art and yeah, yeah. It's just been stupid. I hate it and I'm ready for it to be done now. <laughs> Me too. Amen, sister. Like, I am so fatigued by it. Um, Like, it hasn't, yeah. I mean, it ha- definitely has affected me personally, um, both physically yes. and mentally. Um, But I'm really just trying to see the good mm-hmm. out of it all. But, yeah. like, in the beginning, it was kind of nice because I was, like, working like a maniac before. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, there goes all of my jobs. <laughs> all of my jobs. Yeah. So that was crazy. All of them. I know. All of them. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just like thing. that. Pull, like, pulled the plug yeah. overnight. Yeah. So. And, like, all the industries, you know, like, I do a lot of different things, right? And mm-hmm. all of my industries are, like, face-to-face, in-person right. stuff. And and one-to-one kind of client service provider stuff. So it definitely feels like, I was just like, what are, the, the uncertainty of whether or not the industries would survive and when they would be back and what, you know. Like, I honestly have had the periodic meltdowns about the idea of having to return to the labor force. Oh, gosh. And, yeah. like, you know, because also there's just, like, this kind of social rhetoric of getting Canada back to work and, you know, don't <laughs> yes. be such a lazy you know, suckle on the government teat taker. And <laughs> these, you know, just like this sort of uh, very, I don't know, yeah, anyway, just disappointing social narratives. Mm-hmm. And obviously people want to work and have financial security, but the feeling of um, having a boss again makes me want to, I don't know, <laughs> eviscerate myself. <laughs> I want to disappear. <laughs> It's horrible. I never oh want to do it. I hear you. Like, and it was, it came to a point where 
um, last year when Serb was ending, and, and Serb though uh, for those who are not Canadian, Serb is like a government um, government handout. Um, no, honestly, it, it helps. It was like two thousand dollars a month. Um, yeah. To kind of cover your bases, which for me yeah. that was okay. Yeah, totally. That, that was fine. I, but yeah, like, I'm very lucky to have affordable rent, and so mm-hmm. that um, the, the CERB and, and which transitioned to the Canada Recovery Benefit, right. which is like an, an, an or like employment insurance for uh, people who don't qualify for EI, right? Which I have also been on. Um, those benefits have been like life saving, and yes. you know, I mean, we're being self employed. Like, you don't always know that you're going to make two thousand dollars in a month. Yeah. Like, you know, so many, many times you aren't. And so it's always like, it's a different kind of, uh, struggle than being employed and having a boss for sure. Yes. Um, it's a pre- type of precarity that is definitely scary. So that's been a nice relief for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. thank God we had, we had that. Um, it, I mean, it was something, so that was, that was really, really good. Um, for sure. But yeah, I mean, like now I'm excited for you to start transitioning back into mm-hmm. full service work. That's super mm-hmm. exciting. Have you been preparing in any kind of way or like promoting yeah. it? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have been in touch because I've had uh, some requests throughout the pandemic from um, eligible suitors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've just basically been like, I'm not taking clients, but I will keep you posted um, and let you know when I'm back at it. And so I've been in touch with a few people. And so we're kind of like gearing up to getting ready to see each other again. And I'm going to start working from a new space. So that's good. We I was um, kind of uh, running a, an in-call before that you know, had to close its doors mm-hmm. um, uh, due to COVID, obviously. So that was right. uh, really sad. And um, yes, yeah, kind of scared to not have a place to work. So yeah, no <laughs> so kidding. now now I feel like um, I'm starting to get set, set up again with all the things and I'm going to have to teach myself how to engage with men again. <laughs> <laughs> relearning, relearning, uh, going back yes. to school. <laughs> Well, let's go into more of like, yeah, I want to hear more about your, your, um, escorting work. Um, just because like you went through again, like how you said earlier in the show, so many different, um, types of sex work, which I think honestly is really great. Like you went through camming, you went through night for it. Then you went through, um, you started with some kind of dom work as well. Mm -hmm. And then you found your niche and you kind of found your place. And I'm always interested in hearing, um, that journey, that process, and, like, how you got there. So thank you mm-hmm. for sharing. But now I want to hear more details in terms of, like, how you further prepared yourself. How how did you make your brand? How did you form that um, to bring you where you are today? Yeah, well, okay. When I started as Clara Rose, I, you know, I think, like, when you start doing sex work, you kind of just eventually like you can do all the research you want and (laughs) (laughs) you know, it doesn't really matter. And then you just have to kind of do something. (laughs) You just have to see a client and see how it goes and whatever. And the first client that I saw was a fetish client who um, had a fart fetish. 
What? And, <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. And, uh, and I, you know, I like, in it, okay, I'm a very, <laughs> your clients close your ears, but um, <laughs> I'm a very gassy person and I really enjoy farting. And Perfect. I had always had this like kind of funny, like, you know, curiosity of like, oh, there's people who love fart fetishes. I just want to yes. fart on someone's head. <laughs> like I just really wanted, <laughs> I just really wanted to fart on a man's head. And... And so I just kind of put it out there and I was like, yes, I do these fetishes, you know, and I like, uh, I was just very open-minded in the beginning and curious because I didn't know, yeah, you don't know exactly what your boundaries are until you kind of cross them sometimes. Oh yeah. So, so especially with sex work, you learn on the job and you learn real fast. Yes, you do. Yeah. So I just... Yeah, I wanted to try these things that I felt a little bit of my own fetishization about mm-hmm. um, and curiosity. And what I found relatively quickly is that people who, many people who have, uh, like, who are, like, attracted to fat women mm-hmm. also have a bit of a filth fetish. Oh, and, oh yeah, I have and, heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think, you know, if you look at, like, you know, BBW porn, a lot of BBW porn, and and sort of the ways that we are encouraged to market ourselves, mm-hmm. um, there's, like, a kind of, like, dirty, like, poopy piggy kind of, right. like, overeating kind of grossness fetish mm-hmm. um, that's attached to fatness. And that's like, that makes sense because of the way that fat women are perceived and um, kind of constructed socially. Totally. And so I felt like, yeah, I just felt that being connected to me in a way that didn't feel authentic. And there's a type of like raunchiness that's sort of expected from fat women. Right. Which is really connected to, yes, like to fat phobia and anti-fat bias about like fat women being desperate or fat women being like hungry for the cock because no one wants to fuck them. And so they're going right. to give you a better blowjob or, you know, whatever, just all these like stupid ideas. And anyways, it was, I had a like just a so many requests for like brown showers, mm. which is pooping. Yep. And and uh yeah and like yeah farting and belching and overeating and and those things I don't inherently have like negative feelings about but the fact that I was noticing that they were being connected to my fat body made Mm -hmm. me just feel really bad and so I don't know I just stopped I don't know I just stopped being interested and in yeah in these fetishes because they felt so demeaning and, mm-hmm. and reductive and, totally. and, uh, and my like sexuality, you know, as an individual person, non like outside of being a sex worker, it's like, I have a very soft sexuality mm-hmm. and I really like in general things need to move pretty slowly for me in mm-hmm. my relationships sexually to feel like I have, you know, a connection with people and like I can actually be physically aroused. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking about like, what's the easiest way, like the, what's the easiest part of my sexuality to like channel, you know, yeah. in terms of branding, I was like, how can I connect to the most available um, version, sexual version of myself mm-hmm. in order to make 
this work feel doable. Yeah, so after I realized I didn't want to be doing fetish and dom work anymore, I decided that I wanted to rebrand and kind of uh, just get a little more true to myself. Yeah, great. Yeah, so then Evie Brooks came on the scene, bitches. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) Wow, that's so much. Is that what you asked? I can't remember what you asked. No, that's (laughs) a perfect answer because I wanted to segue into that big girl energy. Yeah. Yeah, and like being a BBW plus size, um, whatever you want to define yourself as. Because I've I've had a couple of BBWs on the show. I've had um, Mm -hmm. Karina Riviera, who I'm sure you know. Yes, she's local. Yes, she's excellent and then I also had the porn star uh Carla Lane on the show as well and like I I think we need to talk about this a bit more and talk about body (laughs) and all the things that you mentioned too because like as you said earlier fat bodies are associated like stereotypically associated with being raunchy and being filthy and dirty Mm -hmm. and stuff and like Mm -hmm they're not ever really seen in a sensual way mm-hmm. and it's so problematic yeah and also kind of just like sad because like fat bodies like i mean obviously everyone has their own you know kind of connection to sexuality and but a fat body is like so soft <laughs> like so soft and squishy you know and sometimes you want to like rip it around and do crazy shit to it but also like I don't know it's it's like for me anyways inhabiting a fat body is like I don't know I get I feel very kind of like fluid in it you know mm. um sexually and I don't know I just love soft touch and um subtle sweetness those things are very important to me um in my connections with people and Mm -hmm. yeah I think like there's nothing obviously there's nothing wrong with being raunchy it's hot Mm -hmm. and like very cool I also love to see fat women being raunchy because at the same time as being expected to be slutty we are also weirdly desexualized so Mm -hmm. you know it's like you kind of can't win as a fat woman and it's very challenging to embody sexuality um and freedom uh when you're constantly told you know that you're disgusting yeah (laughs) totally and I think everybody has body image like issues issues right that's not actually something that's like specifically linked to being fat but there is a difference in terms of like how you can access it's just a it's just privilege right like yeah you can have you can have like you know bad body image and be thin and Mm -hmm. you know hate your body and feel like you're not good enough because that's what femininity does to everybody yeah you know it's a losing game yeah and so of course you can have those feelings but you know, ultimately, if you put pictures of yourself on the internet, like, you're just going to have a wider, like, a deeper client pool. And, like, there's just going to be more people who are attracted to you because you represent the, like, a closer relationship to the standard, you know, beauty. Right. So, so for me, like, as a fat person, and, like, I have a particular type of, quote-unquote, BBW, you know, body, which is that... I have like a very big belly mm-hmm. and that is like not the kind of BBW that you see kind of, you know, exploding all over the place in and uh, being like 
rewarded and um, sort of slowly more accepted as like mm-hmm. big tits, big ass, flat stomach. Like yeah. those things are those things are a type of BBW that like even a man who likes thin women can learn to appreciate. Right. But if you're fat in ways that like you have a double chin and a fat belly and kind of small tits and a wrinkly ass, mm-hmm. you're maybe less, you know, you have less people to choose from because you know, the people who are like, they just fewer people that are interested. So it's been yeah. quite uh, an interesting journey for me to learn how to, yes, speak to clients and how to like make it. I mean, I've been working, you know, I'm still fairly new, like, you know, only a few years in and, you know, I definitely want to, you know, some people kind of leave the industry by this time and, Mm -hmm. and then others go in for the long haul. And so I do want to acknowledge that I'm still really new and, and have lots to learn and lots, lots of stuff to build. But I do feel like, I don't know. I just, I've worked really hard to try to make it a full-time gig. It's kind of difficult to do that in Vancouver. Yeah. Because most people don't want to fuck fat women. Yeah. Which sucks. And <sighs> it's their loss. God damn it. Yes, exactly. They're missing out. <laughs> but That's yeah. That's a lot like... squishier for you to have. <laughs> pushing, as they say. <laughs> well, akin to what you said, because I was actually speaking with Karina like a few months ago about, oh my yeah. gosh, you're going on tour again. And then she's like, I just yeah. like, I have to go on tour. I have to yeah. go on tour because here, yeah. like, it's like limited, she finds. Yeah. It's like not as busy as she wants it to be. So, no. Yeah, it's, it's just a difficult. totally different game for fat sports than it is for thin ones. And sometimes it's like, I have a hard time. Like, I love my thin cohort as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my coworkers who are, um, or colleagues, I guess you could say, who are thin. <laughs> and, you know, I have a lot of friends. Most of my sex worker friends are thin. I have maybe like one other friend that's not um, a thin person. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think like they, everybody experiences the, you know, ups and downs of sex work. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to connect sometimes because my work and the things that I struggle with are so, so different as a fat person. Right. Yeah. That must be very, very isolating for yourself. Like how, how do you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. And lonely. How do I navigate that? Yeah. How do you navigate through that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I navigate that as I navigate loneliness in my personal life. (laughs) (laughs) I mostly just recognize that like, you know, we're all just doing our best and I try to meditate and keep my dishes clean, etc. Those are the things that I do to navigate my loneliness. But um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I found like a little group of um, whores that I relate to and, Mm -hmm. you know, that feel like I like that I connect with on um, a personal level. Mm -hmm. And you know, those are relationships that I invest in because they're the most supportive ones. And yeah, it's it's interesting to try to find belonging in general in your thirties. Like it's a really different um, experience of community, you know, than it is when you're in your twenties. And yeah, I remember being like in my twenties and, and, you know, being part of the queer community and like just so desperately wanting to like belong to a group of people who have the same experiences and yes, I, it's the same as a queer person, like as a fat queer person, because 
you know, desirability doesn't stop at the borders of community, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, as, as a fat queer person, I also experience a lot of fat phobia and a lot of yeah. silent fat phobia and fat anti-fat bias. And so people, yeah, it's like hard to date and, mm-hmm. you know, and in general, I experience the same kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, and most of my friends are thin queers as well. So, so it's, yeah, it's just in general hard to be a fat person in Vancouver. I think it's a very fitness, quote unquote, focused yes. environment. And by fitness, I mean thinness. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, true. So, yeah, oh it's like, gosh. you know. Yeah, it's hard for sure. It's But uh, we have mountains and I want to stick to them, so. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no, Vancouver is great in other ways, but I, I hear yeah. you with that. I mean, I think it's just a typical West Coast kind of vibe. Yeah. I'm sure you would Swearing. find this. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, coast to coast. Northwest for sure. Yes, like LA and California, Seattle, yeah. Portland, all those places, they yeah. have similar similar problems too. Totally. Um, yeah. How do you feel about the terms BBW and plus size? Is there one that you resonate with more or what do you go by? Because uh, when I was speaking with Carla Lane, she doesn't like, well, doesn't, I don't want to say just doesn't like, but she prefers the term plus size because mm. um, she feels that BBW is stigmatizing. But what are your thoughts mm. on that? Well, BBW is a porn category, yes. right? It's like... It's, uh, it stands for big, beautiful woman. Yes. Um, and I like, you know, I utilize it for, for, for like, you know, alt text and search words. Yeah. Marketing. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a thing that I put in my copy on my website so that people can find me because that's like what's on ad sites and that's how people, that's how men like whatever think. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't use it as an identity word um, mm-hmm. because I my I don't want my identity words to be formulated by the porn industry. Yeah, um, good. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so, so it doesn't mean anything to me in that way. Um, and plus size is also plus size is like uh, another kind of practical word that I use when I'm talking about clothing or fashion which I also do because I'm a personal stylist. Oh, what? And, Girl, yeah. how many things yeah. do you do? I love it. I do it. literally so many things. Holy <laughs> it's like, shit. I've just monetized every interest that I have. I love um, the hustle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, plus size, like, I definitely talk about plus size people and, like, the plus size industry and, like, whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't, again, identify as plus size because that's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's a category that has been created by an industry to exclude or like exploit us. So again, I don't care for it, but we'll use it if I need to. And yes, I just call myself fat. Honestly, that's what I am. And yeah, I like, I, I think there's a lot of euphemisms, um, for, fat bodies that are annoying and boring and sad and I don't really want to use them because they don't feel right and I like using the word fat because especially as a sex worker because like you know it might be easy to call ourselves fat sex workers amongst other sex workers Mm -hmm. or to like sieves or something but in inside of sex work I don't see a lot of people calling themselves fat as a marketing tool yeah um and I kind of like enjoy 
like to be a bit of an iconoclast. <laughs> and so I do like to say that because it's like a little, you know, it's a little bit like arresting, I think, when you see the word and you're not used to it. Yeah. And I just want to normalize it. And like, Good. I think, I mean, so many fat women who are like public facing people, you know, in public industries are doing that and have been doing that for a Long, long time, time you know way yeah. before I entered the scene and so but I'm not doing anything radical I mean <laughs> I just like <laughs> doing what feels right but yeah I like calling myself fat girl and and I like being I like to kind of I do a lot of like my some of my online um work I also have like a an OnlyFans and you know do some video work and stuff under the name Stevie Lake yeah uh and uh yeah like I talk about being like your fat girlfriend I like the idea of being like somebody's fat girlfriend I like, like that yeah have you ever heard of this um thing a couple like a couple called a 10 have you ever heard of that Ted no what was that te- 10 it's ten. like one person's the one and the other person's the zero <laughs> <laughs> so I love this dynamic of like a tall thin man and me being like a fat little troll I love um, this. yeah just a little <laughs> lumpy dumpy so Okay. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's yeah. really cool. I, I love that you own that term, the term fat. And now that you're using it towards your branding, towards your marketing, and making that, as you said, normalized um, yeah. to remove that stigma. Yeah, I think that's great because, as you said, there is so much stigma when it comes to talking about body and, yeah. and talking about specifically fat bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you so much for sharing those experiences. Um, it's, it's so, so valid and a conversation, unfortunately we don't have a lot. Um, you know, we don't have it in a lot of places, but you know, the the conversations are happening just like under the surface in, you know, amongst like fat activists for sure. And fat people, Mm -hmm. we're talking about it for sure. Yeah. So hopefully this can broaden the conversation too. Yeah. It's bubbling up. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. well, along those lines, I wanted to ask, I love your <laughs> Instagram handle, <laughs> Big, Big Girl Energy. Energy, yes. Oh, my it, gosh. It goes like this. It goes like this. Big Girl Energy. A Big Girl Energy. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. <laughs> when you see my, when you see my, my brand, A Big Okay. Energy. Anyways, yes. It's gonna be <laughs> like it. It's gonna be in my head for the rest of the day now. Big <laughs> like girl an anthem. Energy. <laughs> you can see me doing like little toe taps and snaps. <laughs> little jazz moves. I can't unsee this now. Like <laughs> <laughs> And you shouldn't. <laughs> well tell us about this big girl energy. Where did this come from and like what does it mean to you? I guess it's like mostly just about like you know, I struggle with my relationship with my body like every person does. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I don't have, a, you know, like perfect self-love relationship. Like I think that's, you know, it's a tall order mm-hmm. and one that's expected from fat people a lot, you know, this right. quote unquote confidence, etc. And I guess for me, it's sometimes can be, really hard I just can struggle a lot and with Mm -hmm. with yeah fat hatred in the world and and internalized fat phobia and I I mostly I'm just like all of my brand is about like trying to make my like I'm trying to just like how do I describe it like I know what I am you know Mm -hmm. I I know what you see when you look at me and 
I want to be able to embody what is real with as much, you know, zhuzh as possible. And I think part of my work as, like, an actor is, like, you know, people people are going to see what you are hiding mm-hmm. um, no matter what you do, and you'll never be able to hide. And so you're only hiding from yourself, basically. And right. so I try really hard to lean into the things that make me uncomfortable sometimes. And so when I'm having a bad body day or I feel like self-conscious about a certain part of my body, I'll often take nudes specifically of that body part. Or like if I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I'm this part of my body is sexy because it approximates a thin body, you know, like Mm -hmm. certain parts of my body that look like curves that maybe I could like imagine myself being thin and, Wow. And so instead I'll take a picture of the part of my belly that like hangs over, you know, mm-hmm. or the part of my ass that's lumpy or whatever it is that feels like the wrong way to be fat. Wow. And yeah, I mean, it's just a tool that I use. It's I not think like it's perfect great. or anything, but it's just a tool to like try Cause often I'll take, I'll, I'll like, you know, force myself to embody the part of myself that I want to, uh, I want to avoid or hide from, Mm -hmm. hide from myself and be like, no, this thing exists, this exists and you exist and you're fine just as you are. Yeah. And, and often I'll like look at those photos and be like, damn, (laughs) she's good looking. And, and it's like a way for my, for me to accept that, like, you know, this is a mortal coil we are in Mm. and this body's not going to be around forever. Um, so anyways, big girl energy is a little bit like that. I think it's like the feeling of like, um, I have something specifically amazing to offer and I'm not trying to be anything else. I'm not trying to be a thin girl. I Mm -hmm. am a fat girl and you're going to fucking like it, bitch. You (laughs) like it. This is the thing is like, actually you like it. You don't know that you like it until you know, (laughs) but you're allowed to like it. That's the thing. It's like people like, you know, people are embarrassed to, you know, and like scared. That's a, it's like approximate approximation, like sorry, proximity to fatness (laughs) is scary Mm. because fat people are like a representation of mortality, right? We're so terrifying because like, we're like, we represent the thing that is like, you can't control. Mm. And, and I feel like that is really powerful and yeah. I want to be in that sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, hold on to this big girl and let me take you down. <laughs> it feels good and you can relax and it feels good. So let wow. it. That's, yeah. I really like that process that you have just explained to me. Like that is really brave and, and also beautiful too and hard. Like there's yeah, really so hard, many things. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate myself 90% of the time, to be honest, you know, it's like, these yeah. are things that I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm not like, Oh, you know, perfect all the time and love myself. And, and, you know, I'm not some magical person who's escaped like, you know, fat hatred in the world. I mm-hmm. am totally, I completely like often succumb to it and, and resent my body and feel sad and, and want to escape it and all the things that everybody feels, but totally, I guess like doing that is just like a tool to try to get myself back in as much as I can to take care of myself. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And 
again. That Amazing, just... Sia. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love everything that you've said here. And like, just so many points that you've brought up in this episode. I really hope bring some things to light too. And also can shine some, some um, privilege on, <laughs> you know, yeah. us quote unquote normal bodied people. So yeah. thank you for uncovering that and just sharing your, your experience with me and the audience. I'm sure a lot My of people pleasure. will, yeah, like really it. gain something from this episode. But there are some questions that came in, just a couple yeah. questions here. So let's get into it. What are some strange requests you have received as an escort? Strange requests. Hmm. Oh my God. It's been a really long time since I've had a strange request. <laughs> Most people just want to bury their face in my ass. And that feels really normal to me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, I've done some strange stuff, but nothing, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I have, uh, like, when I was doing some Dom stuff, I was doing some humiliation things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, uh, and you know, like, a lot of people don't know. A lot of men don't know what they want, right? They think yes. they want something, and then they don't want it. or Especially <laughs> with fetish and, and being submissive. And, and so I, I was, like, experimenting with my, like, you know, interests around um, humiliation. And, and one of the – one session that I had was, like – I made this guy, I made this guy go into and stand in front of the bathroom mirror and yell compliments at himself. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I want you to stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself that you are worthy. (laughs) And I want you to look at yourself in the eyes and I want you to believe it and then when you're done you're gonna come out and you're gonna walk to me like a man (laughs) and and he you know he just and I was like you're gonna do a walk and you're gonna come to me and you're going and he just like couldn't do it because he was such a like submissive like failure but it was just (laughs) so funny like that my you know like my desire to humiliate someone is to like make them feel like they accept themselves because it's like how that is the true mo- the most humiliating thing totally. is to look at yourself in the mirror and say I'm worthy like <laughs> oh god can you imagine doing it it's disgusting <laughs> anyways so that's the only thing I could think about is like you know these types types of people who want to be humiliated I'm like you just want to be loved <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. I actually have a side question. I want to hear more about that that fart fetish because I I actually had someone not too long ago, like this month, (laughs) request a farting video, which I did for like 10 Uh 10 seconds and then he paid me $50 and I was like, okay. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've done a little bit of fart stuff. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know exactly where these things originate and it's why totally. they're hot, but probably <laughs> it's just that it's like, it's really like the opposite of what's expected of like, you know, people who embody femininity. Right. And, and to me, I think there's something transgressive about it. And, you know, it, it just as anything that's a fetish, like it can be empowering and it can be disempowering mm-hmm. and you know like sometimes it feels good like I don't know I'm I like I'm very public 
I would say public public farter, but I'm not public <laughs> farter. But I, I'm like uh, I I like to like I don't know. I'm just like look. If you know me, if you're friends with me, I fart. I fart a lot. I fart in front of people, and I'm not going to be ashamed of it because it's better to bear the shame than bear the pain. But when it's like fetishized, I just find it uh, gross. Like I'm like I don't know. I can't. It's not hot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and. My first session, yeah, was with a fart guy, and he literally put his lips around my butthole, and I just farted into his throat. Oh, wow. Oh. It was the weirdest first session to ever have. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, you don't have to put that in the episode, but... <laughs> oh, I'm keeping it I'm, in. <laughs> I'm open to it if you want to. But I'm keeping it in. It's weird, you know. People like weird shit and whatever, you know. I think it's great. Do, yeah, <laughs> do it's like, you do it if you like to do it, and don't do it if it makes you uncomfortable. But I don't think there's anything weird about it, like no. other than the just general weirdness of sexuality. Yeah, sexuality yeah. is like so diverse and all over the place, and and gross. Like and we want to like rub our genital, our sweaty genitals together. We want to <laughs> slam our sweaty bodies together. It's disgusting. But people pay money for it, and this is why we it's, exist. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. Like, it to me, sexuality is like just the, and sex is like the epitome of absurdity, honestly. <laughs> and it's just so perfect. I love it. It's love just it. so weird. And this is, well, I mean, weird attracts weird, and I definitely consider myself as a weird person, and yeah. I'm definitely okay with it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You gotta, like, lean in. Otherwise, it's just a very uncomfortable existence. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Evie Brooks, it was so nice to have you on the show. But Yeah, real pleasure. Before I let you go, where mm-hmm. can we find you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Evie underscore Brooks. Brooks is spelled B-R-O-O-K-E-S. Mm-hmm. And I have a website. You can book me um, for in-person meetings very soon um, at www.eviebrooks.com. I'm also on OnlyFans under Stevie Lake, which is spelled S-T-E-V-I-E, Lake, as in the body of water. Water, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the places I think. Oh yeah. And then Instagram under big girl energy, which yes. is like, I don't know. Can you put it in the show notes? Yeah. Yeah. Everything will go. In the yeah. show notes. Yes. Everything will all yeah. be there. <laughs> big girl energy. Yes. And make, yes, make sure you go ahead and book Evie. Cause I know from the other escorts I've had on the show, they have gotten some bookings from the show which makes me feel great so go book Evie (laughs) she's open for bookings book me if you want to ride the fat wave (laughs) (laughs) love it well that's all folks it's strip by Sia on Instagram also my personal get at me Sia Steph and it's new episodes every single Sunday and don't forget to like rate share and subscribe and write me a review if you feel really nice and we'll catch you guys in for another episode next week. Bye! You're listening to Strip by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Artwork by Maria Bellandorama. Music by Ted D. And photography by Ian Dabern.